What's up, everybody? Dante here. Welcome to another episode of the Pin Town's Finest Podcast. I am the host. Welcome to the show. Um, I know it's been a little while, but you know I've been busy doing other things and getting some things in order. But um, first, I want to start off with my review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. First, I'm gonna start off with I enjoyed the movie. I did. Not one of my top 10 favorite um, MCU movies. Reason why, because it's a lot of stuff that happens in the movie that has me wondering, like, how did we get here? Like, you have the beginning of the movie. It starts off right into this, uh, they call it, um, it was basically like the gap in between multiverses, like, the multiverses outside this one particular place, kind of like a, uh, what they call that, um, kind of like the center of the multiverse. Like everything's around it, but this one place right here is in between all of them, right? So, all right, cool. So we start off there, and it kind of gets to the point where you're like, all right, how do we get here? Like, why is this creature, I don't know if this is supposed to be Sidorak or whatever, why is this creature chasing them? And you're kind of wondering, like, what's going on, why we get here, and why we even at this point. All right, so you just run with it. And then you come into the city of New York, and America, Miss America is being chased by Shumagorath, a.k.a. Gargantos, because of the, it was a right situation, so they couldn't call him Shumagorath, but they didn't call him Gargantos either. But, okay, whatever. So we're at this point in New York City and you got this big creature chasing her and you're still wondering, how do we get here? And then you kind of find out how, but it still doesn't explain some of the things that happened. One of the issues that I had with the movie was Wanda has the dark hole from what if you watch WandaVision, you know, she has the dark hole. Fine. It corrupts anybody. It touches basically. Right. Their fingers start to turn black and black tips. Right. So. She knows about the multiverse. She knows about this one particular person who can travel between all these multiverses. And she summons these creatures, but we don't know how she does it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a whole bunch of questions that they have left unanswered from the beginning. So then she becomes, spoiler alert, I don't really care. This is my review. It's a spoiler and everything. She becomes the villain. Okay, I get it. The dark hole corrupted her, made her evil, made her obsessed with being a parent that kid she didn't have okay fine well I can work with all that but then again we get to the situation where she's ridiculously crazy powerful now she's never been established as a mutant because of legal rights with that word with Fox at the time alright so she's a She's considered the Scarlet Witch. That's what the Dark Hole is. They worship the Scarlet Witch. Cool. Oh, for that. And then she's attacking Comrade Rich right through. Uh, the fact that she was a beast didn't bother me. But it felt like Doctor Strange and Wan should have put up more of a fight, in my opinion. It should have been more of a bigger battle between that. But I guess you just want to show you how powerful she's got since she's been corrupted with the dark hole. All right, fine. It has some horror, like they call it a horror film, but it never felt like horror to me. But 
in one point in one point I did actually jump. I ain't gonna lie, I did jump in one particular part in the movie. So it had some I could say it had a jump scare. I could say that. Like I was stated earlier, is that it's a lot of questions they had they go unanswered. Like, she's ridiculously powerful, get it. The dark host corruptor, get it. How does she know all this? The Dark Hole has all these questions in there. And like you see her reading the Dark Hole and goes through it. And she can and she, they call it it's this part in, in the movie where you find out she's been dream walking. Where she can dream walk and she can jump to another universe and walk and put her consciousness through this person and basically control them. Okay. Makes sense. They in a different universe. So I get that part. So what part of the dark hole does it say all this? Like, and then the book that's, you know, the opposite of that is the book of Asante. Book of Asante. Okay, another issue with the whole thing is that it's multiple dark holes across the universe, but it's only this one book of Asante. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, okay, so you're saying in this one, in all these universes, there's a dark hole in every universe. But there's only one book of Ashanti. Is that this junction point? You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, it made no sense to me. So no wonder that book is going to be, you know, ridiculously used in bad ways because of you can go to another universe and use another one. So I was like, OK. So it was like a lot of stuff that you just kind of had to just work with. And. It, it just left me like, okay, I enjoyed it for what they presented to me. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't the best. It wasn't that great. I enjoyed it. Great enjoyment. You know what I mean? I, I like the character of Dr. Strange. I love Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange. You know, all the hand gestures and movements and things, doing all the spells. I love all that. He makes the character come to life. I love the character. I love. I just love to see what that character can do with magic and sorcery. So it's one of the things I really enjoyed about the Doctor Strange movie. But then you kind of get a different point of view on it now, where you have a situation where what Doctor Strange and Wong does is sorcery. What Wanda is doing is called witchcraft because she's a woman. All right. Maybe that's the reason why they went with witchcraft. Whatever. Because it's confusing because I know I've watched cartoons, TV shows, and all that other stuff. Like a witch is always related to a woman. A warlock is supposed to be the male version of a witch. So they call them warlocks. So here's the thing that gets me confused. She does witchcraft. They do sorcery. But a warlock is a male witch. Then what is a wizard? a wizard with a hat so it's like these titles all all over the place and it's kind of confusing and it's kind of like all right can y'all kind of simplify to make it simpler for me like i get that a witch is a, a woman who does i guess witchcraft or whatever but a warlock is a male witch but a wizard is what and a sorcerer is what you know what i mean like falcon said what he said, a wizard is a sorcerer without a hat, right? <laughs> Whatever that's supposed to be. But it's stuff like that. And you got the, you get these two point of views where 
because they had these things called runes on them. Now, if you remember from WandaVision, she used runes to absorb her powers and all this other stuff. So, but she's using these creatures to attack, not attack, but kidnap Miss America. But you don't understand how we got here. Like, how she get? How she be able to do this? Now, if they had a introduction where you see her doing this, makes more sense. You just don't end up in a movie where these characters are running from something, and you're like, what? What's going on? What I just jump into? So overall, I enjoyed it. Not a top ten. Uh, where would I put it? Where would I rank it? Um. I would say, what is 28 movies? It's in the top 20. You know what I mean? Because it's probably, all right, let's see. Let's go through the movies I will put after it. Iron Man 2, Thor The Dark World, Ant-Man and the Wasp, um... Eternals. What else? I would say the first Captain America, but I actually like that better than this movie. But, um, because it's 28 movies, so it's overall, depending on your personal flavor and how you like whatever movies you like more than the other. Hmm. You could say Spider Man, No Way. Yeah, No Way Home. Yeah. Because, not No Way Home, Far From Home, I'm sorry. No Way Home was the one I I enjoyed a great deal of. But, like, like my least favorite MCU movie of all time is Iron Man 2. Not a terrible movie, just too much packed into a two-hour movie. That's all. Then it would be Thor The Dark World. But then I would go the Incredible Hulk. You see what I'm saying? And then I would go Ant-Man and the Wasp Eternals, um, Spider-Man Far From Home. What other one movies are there? Captain America, The First Avenger. And uh, I would say Guardians 2. Like I didn't like they not like all these movies are not bad. That's the thing. They're not bad movies. It's just my enjoyment of watching them. Like I probably see the movie once and I'm okay. I may see it again maybe two, three times, but that it ain't gonna be like when I get it on Disney Plus, I ain't gonna watch it again. That type of thing. That's the way I that's how I that's how I judge it. You know what I mean? But overall, had a, I had I had a fun time. Not one of my top favorite, but like I like I just like the character of Doctor Strange, so it got me excited. And it's like I get the source material. I thought they were gonna go with the character of Nightmare since they wanted to do a horror film. He was like the the god of the dream world which I thought would have been cool, but they went to this whole multiverse thing. Now, if you know the spin on that, basically they're saying the Loki show set up all this multiversal stuff. In the last episode, you see it all branches off and they all start to, it, it looks crazy by the end of that episode. And they saying basically that set up the, um, 
Spider-Man No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, and all these other multiversal things. I guess Ant-Man will have some multiversal things in there or whatever. But, yeah, that too. But let's talk about the whole Illuminati thing. Most best unkept secret, whatever. Now, some of the people who thought that was in it that wasn't in it, okay, whatever. The way she kind of wipes through them, I felt was kind of flimsy. Like, these are supposed to be the group that took out Thanos. Now, if they use the Book of Ashanti, all right, I get it. Had an upper hand, took care of them. All right, whatever. But she took out all of them, like, didn't even break a sweat. Like, Black Boat, that was gruesome. They killed my man, Mr. Fantastic, which was John Krasinski, which everybody kind of wanted. And I, what I didn't understand is people's opinion about his acting with the character. He had, what, five, seven lines, maybe? You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to give a great performance with just five or seven lines. And I don't want to hear it, it's all about emotions and none of that. Come on now. You need a, you need some a monologue to, to act off of. Anybody who's acting know exactly what I'm talking about. You can get two lines, but shoot, a couple of uh, extras, well, not even extra, actors who have one or two lines. Like one of my guys I went to acting school with, he was in The Invincible with the Mark Wahlberg, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles story of forgot that guy's name but he was in that he had a few lines he said them very quick he didn't have very much emotional state in there but he did with the best way he got and tried to perform at the best of his ability what was given to him but they was like oh he doesn't come off as Reed Richard he doesn't have that I'm like he had what five or seven lines if that and it's like some people wanted him cast as Reed Richards some people were very adamant against it and it's like okay personal opinion go for what you know but don't sit there and just really trying to bring him down and say he can't really act how long he's been in the business like if you can't act it's going to show you know what I mean yeah you can get little roles that doesn't take much time but look at even Arnold Schwarzenegger he wasn't the best actor but he got better as the time went by so I want to hear he can't act. <laughs> he can act. You just got to put him in a, a role that he can excel at. Now, I don't understand how some people was like, yeah, um, John Krasinski can't really act. He's just a nice guy. What does that have to do with performing the characteristics of a character on screen? Nothing. Give it time. We'll see what he has to do. Now, if we see him in his own movie and we like, yeah, it ain't work for me. That's different. You have him in basically in one scene, both two scenes, and you're like, oh, he can't act. Whatever. But I felt like she shouldn't be able to take them out that daggone easy. Like, Black Boat, like I said, that was a gruesome death. Then Mr. Fantastic. And then, like, Peggy Carter as Captain Carter it was like, really? That quick? Like, it's supposed to be Illuminati, but they got wiped out like it ain't nothing. It's like, I just don't know. Uh, now, it's curious because, you know, that world was called 838. I don't know if the 616 Universal, which is the main one our Dr. Strange came from, is from, but 
Is there a Illuminati group we don't know about? Don't know. Have to see what Marvel does. But I'm curious to see how they bring in the Fantastic Four now, since he has already been established in Multiverse of Madness in a different universe. So we all know that, I don't know if we all know, but it's the character rights just came to Marvel, so they're trying to figure out the way to bring him in here to make the story work as a cohesive way of explaining how they've been here the whole time. They've just been stuck somewhere. Some people was complaining about that, like how these characters were just coming back into, come on now, let's be realistic here. They didn't have the character, so they're trying to figure out a way to bring them in here. So I hate when people just complain or create a narrative about stuff not, well, wanting stuff not to work and trying to justify what's going on because Marvel got these characters back and you want to know why these characters ain't been around before because we all know why. They didn't have the rights to these characters. So I don't understand how people create these narratives and then trying to like feed the internet with the nonsense, but it sells. Let's go with that. But that's my review. I enjoyed the movie. Check it out when it, when it comes on Disney+. Plus. That's all I can say. So now that I've gone to that, I want to go to another Marvel story. Not really a Marvel story, but basically the second trailer for Thor the, about to say Dark World, Thor Love and Thunder came out. Let me say this. I don't know how to take this trailer. It's not bad. It's not terrible. I just watched it and just was like, okay. Like, I really have nothing to really say because it showed me Jane Foster as the mighty Thor or whatever they're going to call her. They show me Gore, the God Butcher. They show me uh, Russell Crowe, Zeus. You see the Guardians. But it's nothing like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Looking forward to this. And the crazy thing is I love the Thor character. I just hate the fact that they dumbed him down as far as power set wise in the Marvel universe. Like he's supposed to be the one of the top five strongest in the Marvel whole comic universe, but he's so underpowered in the movies. Like one minute he's looking OB OG type. Like when he took Thanos down with the ax and he had all six infinity stones. And, but he getting trashed in the end game. Okay, he was fattening out of shit, but he's still a god at the end of the day. He's still been fighting for years and all that stuff, but I don't know. So, that's one of those situations where I've always kind of hated what they did. I don't care that Christian Bell's character looks more human. Like, the way he looks in the comics, I'm cool with him. Like, whenever I go into a movie especially a Marvel movie. I don't, I try to see what they've done to bring to film and see if it works as a story, right? Changes to characters, origins and things and places and looks and things like that. I've kind of adjusted, say this is what it is. This is what makes it work on film. I'm all cool with that. Like I understand that part. So I hear some people complaining that he doesn't, he has a nose and he doesn't look like his, uh, comic part you know what I mean so I'm not mad at that 
But as like I said, as I watched this trailer, it's I don't know how to take it. Like I'm going to go see the movie, of course, but it's like I try not to put too much into a trailer anymore. Because sometimes Marvel has not sometimes Marvel does this where they put things in the trailer that's in the trailer, but it's not in the movie. But like, like I know the storyline with Jane Foster, you know, she has cancer and Mjolnir summoned her to take over the Thor mantle. She, every time she uses or becomes Thor, it basically starts over with her uh, cancer treatment. So it sets her back every time she needs a treatment because it's like starting all over because it just wipes all the antibodies away, all the cancer stuff away. But then when she goes back to being Jane or whatever, she has to get go through treatment and got to go through more extensive treatment because of the fact that all the treatment that she got done is basically wiped out because she be the mighty Thor. The more she bees, more that she is mighty Thor, the more her cancer treatment goes away because it just basically wipes everything away and then she has it starts all over. So it's one of those type of situations where I know the character, I know that story arc, I know I know pretty much a lot that's going on. Now they may change it to make it work for the movie, which is fine. But it's nothing about it's made me like, oh my goodness, this is look crazy. Like even the first trailer, I was like, okay. I mean, I like to see Russell Crowe with the Greek accent. I thought that was cool, but I want to see if we're going to see like Ares, Hercules, Artemis, you know, all all the Greek gods, you know, Athena. And if they do show Athena, are there is going to be basically an offshoot of Athena you know what I mean because that's what the Eternals are a lot of stuff that's happening through history is basically offshoots of what they've done like a lot of the Greek stuff is from the Eternals well we all know Greek mythology is one thing but you know in Marvel Comics the Greek mythology comes from the Eternals a lot of references come from the Eternals and all the stuff that they've done so are we going to see any Eternals in this one? Are we going to see any references from Athena to Athena? You know, are we going to see Hercules? Supposedly we may. Are we going to see Beta Ray Bill? Don't know. But it looks cool. I like what I see. And, you know, what you see in the trailer sometimes is basically a different experience when you see the movie because, a lot of, like I said, they have shots for the trailer. But then they'll have shots for in the movie that's going to be completely different than what you see in this trailer. But it was cool. Like, I, that's all I can really say. It's like, I'm just more of a wait and see approach. I'm going to see if I like the movie because I, I really dug how they handled Thor in Thor Ragnarok. Because one of my homies, he was like, he said, why they made him so funny? I said, they tried to make two serious movies. It didn't work out for him. So they put a twist on it and made him more comedic. And it worked for that character. Because most of the time, he's mostly angry and ready for battle. But this time, they just kind of made him into a com- comedic relief that kind of changed the character. And it worked for Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was cool. Like, I like seeing Surtur. 
You know, we got to see Loki doing his masquerading as Odin. Uh, we got to see Hela, which I'm still confused why they changed her into his sister. But I get it. Us comic fans know that Loki's daughter. Why could whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever. Sometimes like they make changes. I'd be like, all right, cool. I can work with that. And then it's sometimes I'd be like, would they have? See, it would have been. Okay, maybe say if they did make it his daughter. He had relations with this girl, didn't know he had a baby. Come to find out it was Loki as a dad and Odin raised her as his own. Something like that. I thought that would have been a good little twist. Like Loki didn't know he had a, well, basically he has a a daughter and a son, which I don't understand why Fenris Wolf was his son. Don't know that part. But yeah, the big wolf was his son. And Hela was his daughter. But none of that was in there. But whatever. Cool. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever, whatever y'all want to do. I get it. So. But yeah. Thor Love and Trailers came out. But it's a little disappointing because that trailer came out a month after the, the uh, teaser trailer came out. Now the teaser trailer you got with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I guess with this trailer you're going to get it with Top Gun Maverick. And that's, I guess that's fine, but it is what it is. But like I said before, it's, I enjoyed it. It was okay. I guess after you haven't seen so many of these Marvel projects, it's like nothing you're going to get me excited for. I haven't kind of seen or prepared myself for. But having said all that, I do want to see, like, now the big question is how long this movie is going. Like, that's the thing now. Like, all these people are complaining that if it's not long enough or it's too short, isn't that don't mean it's good. Like, I've seen people complain about the Marvel shows being 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and some people was like, oh, the, that's not long enough. Says who? Now, I'm hearing that Stranger Things episodes are like 60 minutes an episode an hour like the last two episodes supposed to be like um, two movies like the uh eighth episode was supposed to be like an hour and 30 minutes and the last episode was supposed be, episode nine is supposed to be like two hours and a half that's cool but if you got a two hour and a half movie and it's boring and whack and the story just doesn't work what's the difference my thing is this give me a story that i can enjoy for a good amount of time like the Moon Knight show I enjoyed every episode big twist I mean it's a big trippy because you don't know what's real what's not you don't know what's in his head is it all his um, multiple personalities you don't know and that's kind of the spin on the show that actually I thought was cool and just like trippy at the same time because it's like Oscar Isaac performance really makes you believe that it's like two different type of people and then you could just see it in his eyes and the transformation it's just like trippy how cool they made that how cool he made that seem like unseamlessly like you could tell the difference of the two just by looking in his eyes I thought that was cool but you know now like I said online the, the big thing is that Thor Love and Thunder is going to be only two hours 
if you can tell a, a good, compelling story for two hours, what's wrong with that? But, you know, one thing I've learned, you're not going to make everybody happy. It's going to be unhappy people no matter what you do. But that's that. So now I want to transition to some tech talk. You know what I mean? Right now, I am recording this on the Rodecaster Pro, right? So they just announced the Rodecaster Pro 2. And I like it from what I've seen. You know, once I get my hands on and test it, then I can kind of get my overall opinion on it. But I like that it's smaller, more compact. Still don't like the whole micro SD card. Me, just me. I, I like a full SD card, but all right. If that's what you did the first time, can't do, can't go wrong by doing it again. But the second time, it's much smaller. It's not as many, uh, you know, outputs on the initial component, which is not a bad thing. It's it's going from eight to six. So basically, instead of a Blu-ray, not a I said Blu-ray, Bluetooth connection, you can have Bluetooth built in. And you could just choose between one of the different um, outputs. Cool. So if you want the Bluetooth one to be number two, you can do that. The customization is really there. So another thing I think is a little wait and see is powered by USB-C, which is fine. But I kind of like that whole screw on the top so you can't just tug it or kick it down. Yeah, you can knock the device down, but... Maybe with this, you can kind of, you know, kind of like a MagSafe connection. You can just pull out, which we have to wait and see. But say if you're recording a podcast and something like that. You know what I mean? Like somebody's rolling something and it unclips that type thing. But I guess if you set it up right, it should be out your way. Right. Um. Now that the uh, touchpads are no longer touchpad, they're smart pads. You can customize these to any way you like. Um, one thing I thought that was very interesting, what I've seen, which is I can't wait to test when I get it. Now, I use short SM7B mics, and we all know if you have those, you need a cloud lifter, a fathead, any type of thing like that to boost the signal. Because on the Rodecaster Pro, the you know, the first one, the uh, internal gain is 55 dB of gain. Solid for the road mics you know what I mean but if you're using a Shure or or RE20 those need a little bit more juice to them those dynamic microphones so you need that so I got a fat head on mine and you know that boosts the signal so I could turn the uh, volume rocker down a little bit and turn the gain down some so I can get a good signal without so much hiss in there but here's the thing with this Rodecaster Pro 2, it's supposed to be 76 dB again. So you could just plug in a short SM7B and just, you could plug it in regardless. But this one, you don't have to turn or use a, uh, you know, external cloud lifter or anything, a, a gain booster to boost the signal. Basically what they're saying, like you could, like using one of those can mess up your sound because they'll bring up so much hiss in your uh, microphone. I was like, all right, cool. Wait and see approach when I see get my hands on it. So it's supposed to come out in mid-June, so you can pre-order it now. So that's probably what I'll do next week. But it's very interesting to see, you know, the stuff you can do with it. Like, 
streaming, you know, live shows and things like that. It records at 48,000 kilohertz, which is just doing basically it's, it's a smaller version. Of that. But now they have a turn dial where you can, can use the customization. And the one thing I do like that I've seen basically in some of the, uh, you know, videos that I've saw is that it's built in Wi-Fi. So you can get the updates just by turning it on and just uploading. You don't have to have it hooked up to the computer and then go to this uh, the app outlet or whatever and upload it from there and then bring it down. You ain't got to do none of that. Wi-Fi built-in updates you can get wirelessly. Love that. Um, Like I said, you can customization is real cool. You can kind of go into the screen and move things the way you want. Like there's physical outputs and virtual outputs that you can kind of use to your liking. You can still hook up. Now they say you can hook up to multiple devices um, by Bluetooth. I don't, depending on the person, you know, you might have a couple phones. Now they say you can hook up two phones, maybe a tablet, whatever. Um, I'm not sure if you can like, say if you got a laptop and you want to charge a laptop as through your, you know, you want to have sound through your laptop, but you want to charge it at the same time. I don't know if you can do that. That'd be something nice. Because you might have a situation where your batteries on and loading a laptop and you want to charge and you can just plug it up to the Rodecaster Pro 2 and if you can charge it through that, that would be cool. But I'm not sure that about that. Some have to wait and see approach, but I think I'm definitely going to get my hands on one because I kind of want something small, well, smaller than the one I have in the basement and in my bedroom because a lot of times I record podcasts in my um, dining room because, like I said, I use short SM7B microphones. So, you know, they're great for canceling out noise, surrounding noise. Good at that. So I usually do a lot of recording podcasts in my uh, kitchen. Not my kitchen, my dining room. Well, next to my kitchen, basically. But, you know, had a table there. I can write down my notes, have things laid out there. Like, I had one in the basement that's set up that way, but it's kind of like... I guess for me, I just don't like the ideal setting for it. And it's not very, hmm, I don't know. So I just, sometimes I just like recording in different areas. That's all. That's basically, I'm trying to make, basically I'm looking for a reason to justify my my actions of what I'm doing. But basically, sometimes I don't like recording in the same place all the time. So I'm like, I really like to record in different places. So for me, that's why I'm kind of like, yeah, I just want to record in my kitchen sometimes. I may well be in my bedroom. Like during the like the winter months, I usually do it in my uh, bedroom because it has the space heater in there, and I don't really turn on my heat in the house if it's above freezing. If my kids ain't home, like I don't turn my heat on, and people probably saying, "Why do you do that?" Like anybody who owns a house and pay a gas bill know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's definitely keep your eye out for that on the YouTube channel. When I get my hands on it, I'm gonna test it out, go through go through most of the features because it's probably some things I probably never use, but it's. Basically, something I'm going to go over and get my overall opinion on and have fun with. Maybe, you know, have my son help me now since he's getting all interested in all these other things and wanting to get into stuff. So hopefully I can help him out and, you know, show him the way. So, But that's to the Broadcaster Pro 2. Stay tuned for that on the YouTube channel. And, yeah, that's this episode this week. 
not a very long episode. I just wanted to kind of get some things out there and get my opinion about my review on Doctor Strange Thor trailer. And this Roadcaster Pro, like, I'm really excited to see how it stacks up, how it holds up. And, oh, yeah, I did want to mention that the fact that it has a little Visa mount at the bottom. So, basically, if you have an arm, you know how some people have their laptop on one end. But, see, with this, you're going to probably hook this up to another arm and have this on the other end and create, you know, an audio studio streaming setup, whatever you want to do with it. Like, it's all up to you. But it gives you more options because I know some people like to have their desk clear and have everything on arms and out the way. I understand that a lot more now, but I don't have a table for that. But I understand why people do, because just having a clear table is like having a peace of mind, too. It is some things I did want to mention about Google coming out with a smartwatch. Like a, you know, Samsung round smartwatch, which is... To be honest with you, these smartwatches are cool. They give you notifications, text messages, and things like that. But when it comes to workout, they're mainly good at when it comes to cardiovascular workouts. They don't really give you a good accurate count. Like if you're a weightlifter like I am, it doesn't really give you an accurate, you know, calories burnt and, you know, things things that you do lifting weights compared to doing cardiovascular, which I get cardiovascular is important, but building strength and like making strong bones and muscles comes with weightlifting. And I think you should, I think it should be something in any of these smartwatches that can kind of give you an accurate count with how many calories you burn doing so many different exercises. That's just my opinion, but it just doesn't work that way for me. It doesn't work well. And I think that's one of the issues that I have with smartwatches, so I'm not too psyched on that. But I haven't bought a, a Google phone in like since the Google Nexus. No, the Galaxy Nexus, which Samsung made, which was a great phone, but it's just... Android is way better than iOS, but I've been using iOS for so long that I just, I'm comfortable with it. Like, I don't really try. I'm trying. I'm trying to wean myself off using my phone as much. You dig what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying. Like, I see it all the time. Like, my son, he's 13 years old, and he's in his phone all day, every day. And I understand it. You got YouTube, Netflix, all these apps. Like, I give him $100 every two weeks, right? And he goes through it. Like, he has access to stuff that we I didn't have. You know, Amazon on your phone. Uh, you know, DoorDash or Uber Eats. <laughs> like, we had to order from menus, you know what I mean? When you have all this stuff at the access of a fingertip, like, he goes buck wild with it. But, yeah, and so... Like the Google I.O. event was going on. I was kind of like, oh, okay. I haven't used Android in years. So I was kind of like, yeah, should I do a video on it? But not really. Not to say Android. And we all know Android is hands down way better operating system. It's just I've been using iOS for years now. So it's like I'm cool. But I will eventually get into reviewing phones. And what I want to do when I do a review on the phone, I kind of want to have a person who uses Android all the time. 
and we can kind of have a, you know, a dialogue back and forth, the features that we like and don't like about the phone, something like that. But yeah, that's it though. I'm just going, I'm just end on that note. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoy. Thank you guys once again. Tune in next week. Holla at y'all next week. Peace.